Hi everyone, this is the Pedal Podcast second episode and this week I'm having the privilege to talk to Francesco Belluni who has a background in finance and lived across uh, Europe in Paris, London and Milan so he is a really ambitious, um, lovely person and he's the founder of Pedal Hero Pedal Facilities in Italy and an investor in New York's first pedal club, The Pedal House. Hopefully you will enjoy it. Let's get into it. Hi, Francesco. Thank you very much for uh, accepting my invitation. Uh, we were introduced um, to each other by Ben, my first guest, and um, and it's just amazing that you're here, and thank you very much for that. Um, Thanks for having me. It's great that, to have you on the podcast, and also what I wanted to ask is, is that how you, um, how did you get into pedal? Yeah. So um, this is actually a, a question that I that, that, that I sort of get a lot because I I used to play football when uh, when I was young and you know I, I was sort of aspiring to be a, a football player and then I kind of left that journey. So when people see me now, you know, with paddle, it's like, oh wow, that's a it's a it's, it's a big change. Um, I started playing paddle, I would say, pre-COVID, um, 2018, 2019, when the first uh, courts in Tuscany sort of sprang. Um, I spent my summers in Tuscany, and so, you know, we, again, grew up playing football there, but before COVID, in the, in the sort of two summers before COVID, you could see a few paddle courts uh, being built, and everybody was sort of trying them out out of curiosity more than anything. Um, and I guess that, you know, in playing paddle, and I, and by the way, I, I also always played tennis as a sort of second sport. Secondary sport was always tennis. It was football and then, you know, here and there tennis lessons. Um, and so in playing paddle and trying it out, I think the first, the, for, the first sort of perception was, this is incredibly fun. Um, the second was, you know, it's also a bit more economical than tennis because that's what it is, you know, per head, it's, it's, it's more economical and you play 90 minutes. And that was interesting um, because every time that you used to book a sport in Italy, tennis, football, or any sort of, um, you know, even squash in Milan, for instance, it'd be a 60 minute sort of period. This was 90 minutes, which was interesting. You sort of feel like you're getting a good value for your money. This is incredibly fun. This is more, uh, this is closer to five-a-side football, the sort of way that you get along with the, with the other players, the way that it's built, the way that you're constructing the actual game, looking for other players, um, and not just getting, you know, your tennis partner going to play. So that was the first interesting dynamic. Um, but there wasn't really much of a community around paddle. So you, you, you'd play, and then that was sort of it. There was no noise around it. There weren't people talking about it. It was just sort of like, oh, wow, this is a new thing. At this point, I was working in London in finance, and uh, you know, I was really submerged uh, in that world. And you know, you, you know, you know, when you're basically driving and you only look straight and you don't look around, you have no idea what's going on in the world. And that was a bit my situation. I left London and I left the world of finance in early 2021, and uh, I came back to Italy. You know, there's so much opportunity in Italy, not just not just in sports, but but uh, in so many other things that I want to do something here. And that's sort of when I started playing paddle a bit more. I started hearing more about it, uh, not just in Spain and Italy, but also in other countries. You know, you'd see projects in Sweden, a lot in the UAE, and you're and you're sort of thinking, wow, okay. There's a lot of sort of touch points around the world 
where it's now finally growing. Uh, and, and that's when you sort of start thinking about it from a business perspective, like, wait, why, why is everybody doing it, right? Like, and then you start thinking again to what you're paying, how, how small the courts are, you know, the surface area. And so I think the first thing was, you know, you get a really, a very quick sense of, of the grip of the numbers and how they make sense. And that's where I wasn't really like, okay, I'm going to do paddle. It was a bit more like, let me go on with, what, with, with the other things I'm doing, but let me also start researching and studying a bit more if it's actually just going to be a trend or if it's going to stick around and, and where it can go. And that's sort of where I started spending a few months in Spain. My girlfriend was Spanish at the time, so that helped. And uh, I went to Alicante. I went to the Bella Center there. I went to Spain and Madrid. I went to Madrid and Barcelona. I toured, you know, most of the facilities, most of the, most of the bigger scale facilities there um, because I was interested in seeing how big facilities, how they worked and, you know, if they could fill up all their, all their spaces. Um, and that's sort of, you know, that was a two, three month period where I, I got the conviction. I got to see it firsthand because one thing is, is reading about it. The other one is, you know, going at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday at a, at a facility in the middle of nowhere, which I, which I went to in Rome. Uh, out, you know, 45 minutes away from Rome and the courts were full. And so that's where I was like, okay, like this thing is legit and um, occupancy rates are quite high uh, throughout the day if you work well. And that's, you know, that, that, that's, when, when, that's when I said, you know, let me drop everything else. Let me jump into paddle. Let me start looking at, you know, interesting locations. And that's sort of where, where we started. You know, we, we basically started with, you know, eight cities in Italy where we thought it could be strategic. And because everything is so hard to get done in Italy, um, we basically still have a few of those um, situations that are still kind of, you know, going on, but are, you know, floating midair, whereas other are, others, you know, two or three are now concrete. One is open and, uh, and two others should be open by the end of the year. So that was sort of, you know, actually not, not, not even that briefly because I, it, it took me a while, but, that's sort of how we got how we got into it, and the evolution of the thought process there in uh, in getting started. That's unbelievable. I mean, you know, that's that's why it's always really really good to hear different stories on how people got into paddle. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure that you know one of my previous work uh, workplaces uh, in London called Wigmore Sports. Because yeah. uh, if you if you play tennis, I used to play tennis, and I still play tennis on a fairly yeah. high level. Um, so that's that's how most most people got into paddle. But we spoke about with Ben as well, and and I just have to go back to that one. That uh, yeah, Ben Ben said that he doesn't necessarily think that tennis. Um, so paddle needs tennis. The other way around, it might be a lot more interesting on on the long term as well. For now, I think we have to. In in many ways, we have to pretty much think of paddle as as part of the whole tennis community and and get more people out of tennis and squash and and he even mentioned badminton i've got a really really good um, table tennis player who's uh who's playing unbelievable shots on a paddle court so yes why paddle is really really interesting and why why it is really exciting is that a lot of people can get into it whoever had um, you know any sort of hand-eye coordination sort of thing and 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 it's just great and you mentioned it and I wanted to point it out the 90 minutes how good that is because like in squash you've got a really really intense 55 minutes in tennis you usually play two hours and 90 yep. minutes is good in this um in this whole new world what we're living in and i and i really like that you pointed that out and uh and that is something which is which is um 
really well thought of. I have to ask. I think, um, I think exactly. You put it the right way. It's, it's really well thought of. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I used to live in London. I mean, obviously, because of the Wigmore sports, you, you, you imagine that. Um, I wanted to ask on two things. One, are you missing finance? Mm-hmm. Two, a lot of people ask me the same question. How do you get the American accent, what you're, what you're having? Yeah, I actually get that quite a bit because, um, you know, people always tell me, you're the only Italian with an American accent. Uh, <laughs> so I grew up in Paris, actually. I'm, so I'm 100% Italian, uh, born in Rome, but only lived there for a year. Uh, and then we sort of hopped around because of my father's job. And uh, we ended up in Paris when I was, uh, you know, five, six. And I spent most of my childhood there. Went to American school, got the American accent, kept it, thank God, and here we are. No, I think I think actually the the I would say that you know being born in Italy but grown up in in Paris, going to an American school, it was really a bit of a you know, it, it's a bit of a treasure because you get this sort of sort of you know three sixty degree view. Um, of the world of different, you know, nationalities. And, and this, by the way, helped, you know, in, in, in building this business with the idea that, you know, we're going to start in Italy, but there's the potential to do, to, to go anywhere, really. Um, you know, in speaking to people, you'd be surprised by how many calls I get, you know, friends that want to do it in Mexico, in the UK. Uh, I got to put in touch with people that want to that wanna do it in Athens. Um, and obviously the one in New York that we're already a part of. So, uh, you know, that helped quite a bit. But yeah, that's the story around my American accent. The other question was about the finance. If you're missing it, don't miss that world that much. <laughs> uh, but I would say this: uh, it helped me enormously. You know, in um, in terms of discipline, uh, I met so many, you know, so many, you know, incredibly smart people that are now today today friends. Um, and I would say that I kept, uh, in a good way, numbers mentality, which is always a, a sane way uh, to go around things. Um, and, you know, the final thing is I would say that, you know, I, I don't miss it that much because to a certain extent, I'm still quite involved with my family and we, we do a few investments here and there. So we're always also somewhat exposed to that world, which means that I'm not entirely, you know, outside the world of finance, but the professional world of finance, yes. And I would say that I'm having a lot more fun now, um, <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. It definitely does. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it was just sort of a, a tricky question because obviously I don't, I don't really know a lot of people who, who got out of finance from London and <laughs> you desperately want to go back if they haven't found something in their in their life which they can yeah, that's enjoy. Right. That's right. <laughs> um, so, so you mentioned so many courts and so many different locations, and I uh, and you you mentioned it briefly as well that New York is is coming up. Yeah, and I want to pick your brain um, about obviously the American. Um, how the Americans go towards paddle and how they like it. Because look, I have to be honest here. I know pickleball is rising by the minute and it's the fastest growing sport in the States. It's with plastic balls, with wooden bats and the whole thing just doesn't really make sense. I mean, I, I've, I've just seen yesterday a video of uh, Sam Query, who was obviously, uh, yeah, I think yeah. he wasn't top 10, but he was like top 15 player uh, in the world and he played the uh, Wimbledon semi. So he was a really, really good player at his time. And and he um, he retired and now he's he's one of the best uh, paddle players, uh, sorry, pickleball players. I, I wish he was a paddle player, but I don't think he would be that good in that. And, and basically I just wanted to, to, to see on how New York actually, how 
uh, popular will it be? What What do you think? So in New York, we open in July. It's a it's a facility that is located in Williamsburg. Um, we currently so just as context, so Paddle Hero, which is in Italy, is my sole business. We currently have one facility in Pisa with ten courts, and we're opening um, a second facility the first of July, uh, still in Tuscany with eight courts, and then a third one in Parma uh, in November with twelve courts. And this is sort of the initial phase one plan for Paddle Hero in Italy. In the US, we are partners in Paddle House, which is the first facility in the state of New York. Uh, we have four courts and we are uh, located in Williamsburg on Kent Avenue. It's actually right on the banks of, uh, of the Hudson. We opened that in July, 2022. I would say that after six to eight months, it's been an incredible success. Honestly, much faster than I expected, but it's also because, you know, I think we're at a point where everybody has now heard about Paddle. So it was sort of a great moment to step in into that market. We found a great location also, you know, and location is always important. Some people are going to tell you that, you know, people are going to travel anywhere for Paddle and that is true for now, but location remains important. And that one is, you know, it's really an amazing location. Let's see what the situation is in five to 10 years. But what I can say is um, there's been amazing traction, not only from the international community in, uh, in New York, but also from a lot of Americans trying it out. And it's actually interesting that you bring up pickleball because, you know, and I'm a bit biased on this, obviously, because I'm, you know, 100% involved with paddle. But the first time that I saw a pickleball court was actually in New York last year. Uh, I think it was in Soho. There's a few courts that are public courts. And... When I saw these courts, after everything that I that I read about pickleball, it, the perception was sort of the, the one that you see, right? It's like a, it's like a public thing, like a, like a like a very easy thing, like a thing that you can pick up in in, in two minutes. And but the, but the first thing that I noticed was you can't really give a sense of direction or, or strength to the ball, right? You sort of hit the ball, and and it always goes the same that the, the same sort of speed. You know, you can't do a drop shot. You, a, if you do a drop shot, it's not really a drop shot, right? If you do a, like a winner, it's not really a winner. I think it's the, it's the, fun, it's the fun part of, the, of, the, of that sport, which means that, you know, anyone can play and, and you know, you, you can have a point going on forever. But it's also, it's, limit, it's limitation, right? I feel like the skill curve in pickleball is, is flat, right? That's sort of, that's sort of its main issue. Obviously, it has many perks in that it's, you know, the, 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 the surface area is even smaller than a paddle court. You know, the cost to build is even smaller. And so I always have this idea that in the U.S., in the main cities or the big cities or where there's, you know, a lot of population density and, and people that can afford it, paddle will certainly be a thing. Um, in uh, areas that might, you know, be a bit more rural or you know that have a lot more space or that just might not you know either demographically or culturally accept paddle then i think those are going to be widespread with with pickleball i think that's going to be the sort of mix but i would say i will say that paddle is going to is going to be a massive success in the us too so the scale is is all to be seen i i really hope so look i i don't want to say bad things about pickleball 
Um, I already exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go on, on that. Right? I just, I no, I'm, I'm opinionated because obviously I grew up playing tennis. Um, I started playing paddle, um, what half a year ago, and I know it's a, an unbelievably hard sport. Obviously, if you're a good tennis player, you're not going to be too shabby in in um, in in paddle either. Yeah. But 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 the skill set is somewhat similar but in the meantime you have to be so much more complex in many ways that I, that's why right. this paddle is really really making waves in many way um and also yeah i mean look i hope i hope that that the americans will see it the same way but i think the uh the whole point of of pickleball is that 70 plus uh, people down in florida and in california and all those places they can play it you know it's a it's a it's a fun sport it's it's not too demanding so it is it has its place don't get me wrong i i think it is a great thing and 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 it's and it's really good that it's growing because obviously any sort of racket sport is great that is growing um correct so you said about your past. So obviously, I believe that you're a pretty good paddle player. But can you sort of say how many times you're playing? What's your level? And, so and how, it, how you like that? It will depend. I play a lot during the summer. Lately, I've been playing a bit less because I've been traveling a lot. There's just so many, so many things going on. But I do always try to find some time to play. So definitely at least once or twice a week. My level is okay. Um, it's it's I So again... I, I, I used to play tennis and I think that that helped quite a bit in transitioning to paddle. But the thing that you notice pretty quickly is, is the following. Whenever I play with someone that doesn't play paddle or that plays the amount that I play, then I feel like I'm quite good. Whenever I play with someone that has taken even just a few lessons seriously or that you know has a very strong hand or strong arm, then I feel like you know, I could train for months and still not be at that level. So I think it's a it's a bit of a way in between. It's also what makes pedal interesting, which is which is and which is what I mean. And what I mean is this: you can start and feel like you can sort of you, you get an initial buzz that is amazing, right? You feel like you can play, but the journey to get to a high level is still really long. So I think that's where paddle has its amazing sweet spot in that it keeps everybody involved. Um, and there is, I think, you know, a journey for the little kid that can become good and that has, you know, a massive journey in front of him and, and isn't just, you know, an overnight, an overnight success. So I think it's a bit, it's, it's a bit that I honestly haven't had the time to really like, uh, which is crazy, uh, but I haven't had the time to, you know, really stay behind it. Uh, I will though. And I've made it a point in 2023 that I need to get, you know, not just good, but amazing, um, because obviously, you know, I'm ambassador. So the one thing that I have done is I never play tennis anymore. I don't touch a tennis racket. Please do. Please do. That's all I can say. You, <laughs> you have to play both. And, and look, like you the have thing an is that, The thing is that whenever I did, whenever, for example, last summer, I did a mix of the two, then I always found myself, you know, whenever I played tennis for, you know, for a couple of weeks and then go back to paddle, I wouldn't feel I, I wouldn't feel lost, obviously, but it's just it's just not the same feeling. And you, you sort of you, you you sort of lose it a little bit. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that good to mix the two things, honestly, in the long run, if you want to get a, to a good high level. It's an interesting question. And I think it's another one which which needs a, a longer discussion as well. Personally, I think um, it helps your volleys quite a bit. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty OK volleyer because I, I, I was always playing a lot of doubles in tennis as well. So, you know, I, you, yep. you 
you pretty much have to know how to hit the ball. But it's it's an interesting one. Obviously, um, a pedal bat or racket is is over 365 grams, 365 or 375, depends on 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 the brand, what, what it brings out. And also, obviously, all of, of, of the different rackets. So it yeah. is a heavier one, obviously shorter. So it is a bit bit of a difference. Um, and um, and yeah, and that's, the movement and the movement. Especially. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That that is that is so different because obviously in um, in pedal you need to move a little bit more like squash. I yeah. have to say, and in tennis you need to move like tennis. So. Yeah, the hand gestures and the you know the the way that your wrist works. So I I broke my wrist actually. I broke my wrist. The, the, the left one two times, the right one once. And so whenever you play tennis, you sort of feel that, right? In the movement. In paddle, I feel that a lot less. And so that's another thing, you know, for me personally, why it's not that I don't play tennis, but whenever I do play, you sort of, you, you get that different sensation. Um, but yeah, you know, the movement is entirely different. Yeah, absolutely. So what I just wanted to say is that you have an open invitation to Bristol where I'm based because- uh, Perfect. Four different sides of Bristol will have a massive complex of pedal, and um, and we we have pedal for all, which I mentioned in the last podcast as well. And search pedal is the first who will open, and they're they're operate, operating with with quite high quite high prices, which which makes it a bit interesting on how um, how out of curiosity out of curiosity what are, what what are they going to charge and and uh, how many courts will they have each. So uh, Pedal for All has four courts, but it's a fairly small, you know, quite nice sort of a, fam- a, fam- a family-like uh, great place. And I and I really, really like it. I mean, I'm a member there, so I, I can just only say good things about them. Search Pedal will have, I think, um, they, they're advertising it every day and now I just haven't checked. But I mm-hmm. think that's, there's going to be nine indoor courts and and there's there's quite a few others who are opening with with quite a few different <laughs> court setups like you know ten plus courts. So it is an yep. interesting one because uh, from four courts there's going to be thirty one indoor courts over half a year in Bristol, which is around wow. a six hundred and fifty thousand uh, population city. That's um, a lot, though. That's quite a bit. Yeah. So you know, I hope, and that's that's what we we sort of pondered with Ben in the last episode that like. Will it be too much for its own goods all of a sudden? This is this is what I think. So 650,000 with all the outskirts, probably. No, no, no. It's more with the outskirts. So with the outskirts, we are talking about over a mil. Okay, so that's that's a lot. That's a lot of people. Uh, that's similar to Florence, for instance. I always count and I always I always think that you know in steady state or you know in a sort of mature market, in a very mature market, um you can have one court for every in a range between 3,000 and 5,000 people, I would say, more or less, uh, for there to be a sort of place for every every court. Um, obviously, that doesn't mean that that's going to be true in every location, but I think on average, that's what I've sort of seen in Italy and in Spain. This doesn't mean that you know if there's 30 courts and then a new amazing operator with the best location get, goes to the center of the town with the best, you know, sort of technical standards, then, you know, that, that guy is, is likely to win. But it doesn't mean that, you know, there's no space for everybody, especially during peak hours where the demand is massive. It's still, you know, it's still going to be way more than what the, what the supply can, can offer. In Florence, that's what you have. You have about a million people that you have, I would say, today, 
40 to 50 courts and uh you know there's space for 100 yeah including great. the outskirts more yeah, than 100. That's, that's just great to hear and you know i'm i'm uh, i'm i think in italy and and you can obviously uh, that's also a question which i wanted to ask on on the general state of yeah. Italy. Yeah. that's that's quite an interesting one sorry the, the caveat there obviously is that italy is obviously a lot more advanced in, in where the market is versus uk yeah, and, and, and we will for get back to that one because I, I, I really want to pick your brain on, on the how it is in Italy. Um, yeah. I just checked in the meantime, and there's eight indoor courts, which Surge Pedal will start off with. And, uh, okay. and there's, there's a few other guys, which I will check as well while we speak. Uh, and also you asked me about what they charge. So in, um, um, in the Pedal for All, if you're a member, um, one and a half hours is 30 pounds. If you're four of you are all members, so seven and a half quid for 90 minutes, which is really, really good. Now, that the is. same thing in Surge will be apparently 65 for 90 minutes, which is indoor, indoors or outdoors? Indoor. Indoor 65? Yeah. For 90, 90 minutes? minutes. And sorry, what's the what, what's the question? If you if you think if if you think that if if I think that makes sense. Uh, no, not necessarily. You just asked me on on what the uh, what the prices were for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, sorry, sorry, sorry. Exactly. These, these courts. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm 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 actually quite quite interested in in what you will be charging in the different courts and what you, is it going to be all outdoor courts? What you're building? No. So in Italy, I have a in my, my so uh, in Italy right now, you have you know the spectrum of prices that. You be, that basically scales from the south of Italy to the north, right? And it's for a few reasons. The first is that the north is just a bit richer. People are better off. The second is that the climate is different. And so you have, you know, a big part of the courts are outdoors, sorry, that are indoors, which means, you know, heating, darker, which means a bit more use of lights and things like that. Uh, obviously higher rent. When you tell me that, you know, 65 pounds for indoor court in the UK for 90 minutes divided by four. I don't think that's outrageous. Um, in Pisa, which is, you know, where I'm, I'm today open with 10 courts, four indoors and six outdoors. Um, we charge 56 for 90 minutes indoors. And we charge, you know, I think this will depend. This usually depends between what hour, if it's peak or non-peak. Um, and if it's, you know, and if it's a student or not, but anywhere between uh, 44, 40 or 44 to 52 outdoors, which is 10 or 13, 10 to 13 euros per head. Um, but indoors, it's 14 euros per head, uh, 56 euros for the 90 minutes. And I would say we're, you know, maybe a euro higher than our competitors in the area, but it's, it's, you know, it's a difference of a euro um, per head. People aren't too sensitive to that. If you go up to Milan, which is a two hour and a half drive, the price goes from 56 euros to 65. If you go down to Rome from Pisa, which is a two hour, two or three hour drive down, you get to an average of 10 to 11 euros. So you see how that changes in, in you know, based on the people, the cost, the climate. If you go, to, if you go down to the, to the, to, you know, to the, most southern parts like Palermo, for instance, then you might have courts that cost, you know, seven or eight euros uh, for the 90 minutes. And, but that's because, the, you know, it's always sunny. It's always nice. They're all outdoors. 
if there's just a you know less purchasing power. So I think it's 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 much a very much a function of that. In New York, we charge two hundred like an average of one seventy to two hundred dollars, two twenty dollars even per hour. Not not ninety minutes, but sixty. Um, wow. And that is because you know we're paying outrageous rent. Uh, it's New York rent. Um, you know people have a different purchasing power. It's a, it's a massive success. It's always full for now. Uh, so. Great. So, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, you have to tailor it's the, the other thing about paddle and, and this is, you know, just like, you know, any sort of tennis or five-a-side football facility demand is hyper-local, right? So you always need to tailor your business and your facility around who you have in the radius of a 20 minute car drive around you, you know, not, you know, not who's one hour, one hour and a half away. Um, it's really, it's really, really hyper-local. And so naturally, you know, your business model is going to have to sort of uh, be a function of that more than what you what you would like to. I'd love to charge two hundred dollars in the, in Italy also. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't do that's that. your <laughs> that's your financial background, I assume. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you get to see the world. You get to see, and, and, and it's very interesting because every other new opportunity that we see now. So we're, and I, I don't know if if you had that in mind, but you know, the UK is very much something that we've always thought about, you know, uh, you know, in our, our, our idea has always been, you know, let's double down on, on Italy with Paddle Hero. Let's get it right first. Let's get it really, really, really right in the first two locations, first two slash three locations. Um, get that, you know, business model proof. And then let's, let's, let's monitor two or three other markets that we're very interested in, UK, France, and the US, even though the US, we already have a foot in the door now. And I don't, I don't see us really going on our own in the U.S. Um, not that we have Paddle House, but you know, the U.K. and France, we're super interested in those markets, and we always think about, you know, what would you have to charge in these markets? What can you charge? Would you be able to have outdoor courts, and does that make sense in the U.K. for us? It doesn't, honestly. For instance, we ask ourselves these questions, and I think, you know, it's very interesting to have the experiences of two markets that are so different, Italy and the U.S. To sort of start getting an idea about what could what could work long term um, in market in a market like the UK. Yeah, I get you. No, no, it absolutely makes sense. I mean, obviously, I know the the prices in the US are are have also skyrocketed after after uh, COVID yeah, and, yeah. and 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 just to get one more one more data point there in Miami, if you go from New York to Miami, you know the price can go from you know. The, the 200 that you'll see in, in New York to something like 80 or 90, $90 in Miami, which is already, you know, a lot lower. Also because there's a lot more courts in Miami. Again, climate, outdoors, you know, the, the variables, you, when you start looking at the global view, you start seeing that a lot of the variables, you know, the, there is a linearity to it. Yeah, no, it's it's a great insight because um, not a lot of people know how, how fast it grows, and 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 hopefully, um, you know that that was the whole point of of uh, starting the, with this podcast. Because as much as as I really wanted to, and and my background, uh, which which you I don't know if you if you've heard or you read, or um, I, I used to uh, co-host um, a tennis podcast with uh, yes, with, yes. With, with a guy called the Tennis Nerd, uh, Giannis, yep, yep, and. Yep, yep. and 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 I just I just felt like you know it makes sense to to start a paddle one because not a lot of people do have a lot of content about paddle and Absolutely. that brings me to the next point which I wanted to ask what's your racket? I need to say Babolat because we're sponsored by Babolat and you know I will say this um, 
a lot of like a, a, a high number of Babolat rackets are, you know, um, can be used very well and, you know, at different levels. So that's what I like about them a lot. They have, you know, different tiers, uh, the Virtual, the Verum, and the Viper. And they can, they can be used, you know, at different levels. I think you, you can have, for, for, by the way, for each level, you have sort of three different um, types of rackets. And so that's a racket that I like a lot. But for example, uh, I, I started play, when I started playing, I used to use the Wilson Vela racket quite a bit. It's a different type of racket. I, I, I wouldn't say it's a bad one. Uh, I don't change racket that much either, um, just because I'm a guy that when I, when I, whenever I feel okay with something, I, I, I go on with it. But I will say that, you know, Wilson has a great racket as well. Um, but I need to say that I use Babolat. And, and, and honestly, and honestly 80, 80, 90% of the time, it's, it's, the, it's the racket that I use. Look, I cannot blame you. I use a technical Viper LeBron. So exactly, say, exactly. You know, it's the an unbelievable frame. The new one is amazing. Uh, you cannot really go wrong if you're using the world number one's racket. Um, exactly. And it, is, it is his his frame as well. So that's that's where it doesn't really go uh, sideways with uh, with paddle and and um, and tennis so far because with tennis you've got a lot of pro stocks and you know you you've got a lot of different uh, setups with paddle. You've got what you what you see on on the screens, um, and um, and yeah, that's great. I I checked in the meantime, and and the other two uh, facilities which will open, one will be We Are Paddle, and the other one will be Rocket Paddle. And obviously, nice. you know all of them, so you know I'm I'm not I'm not going to say two new yep. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of these are in the all of these are sort of central to Bristol. You'd say like a like a between you know 20, 25 minute drive. Yeah, yeah. So all of them. So so I live quite. Um, quite central to Bristol and and my um, my tennis club is called Redland Green um, okay. and we are building two uh, two outside uh, pedal courts and they will be the only outside pedal courts it would be quite good to build some canopy o- over it but you know at the moment uh, that was that was what they um, signed up for so yeah. so that's that's what's happening but you know I, I hope that in the in the summer it will be a pretty good uh, substitute uh, for a lot of squash players yeah at sure. the moment you know, in, in the summer, we just want to play tennis because it's nice and you you want to be outside. But in the meantime, uh, Paddle for All did, did quite an interesting one because uh, half of the courts are not covered. So, uh, so I mean, uh, one of the sides. So, you know, it's it's a fairly interesting one because you can still uh, feel the breeze, but you're indoors. So that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, makes, that makes sense. Now, all the, all, the, um, all the people that I know that play in, uh, in London, for instance, are used to playing outdoors for the time being, at least. Um, and so you get used to that, you know? Yeah. That's something that we actually, we've actually seen. It's quite interesting because we've seen that in, um, in Italy where at the beginning, everybody, and in a place where, where, where we operate, for instance, the climate is generally okay, climate, but because there is a, a pretty meaningful offering of indoor courts, people feel like, you know, they have to only play indoors. Um, we're trying to shift that and obviously also also because we have a few courts that are outdoors um but you know people are, are going to adjust in the function of that as well we've seen that cool. cool i wanted to ask you about and and we we obviously touched it and and uh what i just wanted to get and so like a sort of a general overview because i about italy and and um and the paddle in italy because um the the only two nation who are apart from from the guys who are spanish speakers in yep. the WPT world rankings are either Italians or Swedish. So I wanted yep. to basically check on, on how it is and, and um, 
and how so you said that you started the whole thing and 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 you said the the beginnings but basically i just want to see how many people are playing how how many tournaments there are and and like what's the general overview over uh, paddle in italy italy is, is is a bit of a uh tricky space because you know you have a lot of people playing now i would say that it's it's over two million two three million a lot more have tried these are the people that are recurring uh sort of recurring players what is what is a big pro to italy is that the head of the international paddle federation is italian so he he's been pushing it quite a bit it's now part of the um f fit which is sort of the main governmental tennis entity and that has been a massive push in the last few years uh so you you've sort of had this linear uh growth of both facility and players but at a certain point there are you know only xyz tennis courts that can be converted or that can be amplified to then also accommodate paddle courts in our experience we're actually one of the few operators that have built something from scratch and that's also always been you know a bit of a trade-off in the way that we've thought about it because you have massive time lags in uh in in carrying a project from you know day zero to the end and that can that can obviously turn many people away from from projects that you know could be uh extremely interesting to to develop you see the market still maturing but there's massive opportunity you know i i, I would say that for anybody that, that is looking at italy like yourself even there's massive opportunity you know again coming back to a city like like florence you have a million, a million plus people. You have about 50 courts. I think there, I think there's going to be, you know, in the next year or so, there's going to be another 50 to 70, maybe, um, or at least in the next two years. But people talk, and it's now been, you know, two, three years, and not much has changed in Florence. That's the reality of it. I have a group of friends that have been trying to get a project done, I think six to eight courts on the outskirts of Florence for almost three years and uh you know because of permits because of covering courts because of a previous landlord because of many many things they just haven't been able to get there i think now they're they're closer to the to the sort of final 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 lap but it's uh it's really been a struggle and at a certain point you know there's just so much time that you can allocate to a specific situation i think in italy there's still a long way to go in terms of people playing you know there's very few kids playing that's massive opportunity the thing i didn't expect to be fair I, I always sort of thought that the, you know, the fact that a lot of parents and 40, 50 plus year olds play would, you know, automatically or very naturally bring their kids to play too. But that's actually been something that we've, we've been working on quite a bit. We always try to sort of get kids involved. We always, you know, yesterday we had four girls that, I mean, I think were 10, 12 years old that came and played, you know, free for an hour. We, we sort of looked at their level, we tried to understand if we could place them in in a group together, uh, which wasn't the case, unfortunately. And that makes it hard because then, you know, you want kids to, to play in groups. They rather play in groups too, at the beginning, maybe at that age. Uh, so that's been pretty slow, I would say, and probably something that can still be developed enormously. There's, so there's massive white space there. And uh, I think that can come and that will come because when you go when you go to Spain, you see that, that that isn't the case, right? You have, you know, academies even uh, for kids. So that's sort of the difference that, that, that I see, the main difference. Um, here, it's very much still the beginning of who is playing. 
um, even though the, the supply of ports and sort of the, the infrastructure around paddle has really, really, really turned a point here. There's been a massive inflection on it. Now, it's great to see that Italy is actually um, being uh, a front runner in, in Europe in many ways. And, and yeah, I think obviously the kids are really, really important because one thing is to, to get the uh, 40 plus 50 plus people on court and, and uh, um, you know, as a, as a financial point of view or as a business, it makes sense to you. But in, in the long term as well, you need to get the kids on court. And I think that's a great point that uh, with England is the LTA um with yep. it you said you mentioned that it's a it's a separate entity and uh that's something which they really need to be looking into um next question and and that's we're right. we're sort of I, i'm i'm still say that we we still have a bit of time but i don't want to be <laughs> i want you to at least to have um, a time for a coffee or something before you have your next meeting so yeah, of course thank you appreciate it <laughs> so um so what i wanted to ask is is um how's the how's the pro tour going in terms of like italy would you would you be able with your courts to host let's say a wpt tournament or how does that work so i don't know if you know actually but there's been um there's been now a, there's, there's a second sort of circuit which is the premier battle okay so i think and and now i don't know if you recently saw but I think it was last week or the, the week before that, maybe. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. They reached an agreement to sort of try and, um, you know, coordinate themselves to have or, or to work together to have one big tour. I don't know how it's going to end. Maybe it's going to be a consolidated tour. I don't know. Premier Paddle saw an opportunity in, in that the World Paddle Tour was sort of not benefiting the players as much. This is my sort of initial understanding. And they saw the opportunity, they came in, there was uh, immediate traction. Anyway, in any, in any case, these are gonna be the two biggest sort of uh, international stages, if you will. Uh, our courts, and, and, and so I, I actually, when I was in Spain, I, I went to Madrid to see the World Paddle Tour. I went to Alicante as well. I've never been to one of the Italian stops actually yet. I was supposed to go to the Milan one. Um, the premier one in Milan last year, but I didn't. Our facilities aren't uh, equipped, but it's mainly because most of the times you need to have uh, permits of stages of things like that, of, of you know capacity of people, which we don't. Um, because it also, if you do have that, then that brings in you know a series of factors and elements that you then have to adhere to year round, which you know we didn't feel like we were ready to do yet. You know, we're interested in, in, in building um, facilities that operate really well locally and, you know, certainly for to, to, to try and host, you know, in, interesting and, and important tournaments. But World Paddle Tour, you also need to have, you know, covered arenas sometimes, uh, which is not the case for us. So many times more than, you know, single entity operators, it's going to be, uh, you know, anyone that has access to big sort of arenas or that has big properties that can be, you know, converted, you know, from, you know, overnight almost to, to host these things. So that, that I don't think, I don't, I don't foresee us doing that anywhere in Italy. Um, interestingly, we actually, we were offered to, in, in, in New York, we were offered to sort of adhere to the, the national league that is now being developed in the U.S. Uh, but there are two actually, you know, Santi, who, who is sort of in charge of New York, decided to opt against that. So, 
I think that's really a subjective thing. It's just it's a strange decision, I have to say. I mean, you know, it, as 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 the growth with Paddle, you just uh, you just need to uh, go along, I think. But you know, politicians for you, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think it's just a, it's just it's just a matter of space, you know. Yeah. Okay, I get you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's we don't still... have that. We don't have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it, it makes sense. I mean, obviously, to a certain extent, you you need to uh, go by by the book. So, you know, if if you don't have the space, yeah, I, I and I guess it's it's uh, health and safety and all that. So, I, I absolutely, I absolutely appreciate. Yeah, and that. many times, you know, it's um, and I think for the for the federation too, they want facilities that can sort of host, you know, x amount of people, and uh, we certainly can't do it in Italy, and you know, even less so in New York, where it's uh, you know trying to. Try to use all the space for the courts and for uh, you know some some sort of bar or leisure area. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to one of the one of the um, sort of one of the circuit stops in Spain, but these are you know facilities that can host you know thousands of people, and uh, and these aren't you know these aren't many times these aren't single operators. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, are you actually off. are you actually following the the professional tour of battle? Yeah, I follow it quite a bit. I would say that I'm 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 sort of I'm interested in where it's going. Um, I follow that. I try to speak to I, I know the I know one guy that that hosts it that hosts the Milan one. Like I was saying, in um, in Italy, and you know there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of interest globally. I would say that you know always very attentive to that. Um, last question, and again, I'm I'm just really I just really really appreciate you um, you featuring on the show, and I and I think it, we covered a lot so it's it's great that you you could find the time is how do you see it's it's like an interview question so don't don't laugh really hard but how do you see yourself and obviously um battle hero in the next um, sort of short to longer term so like you know the next two five ten years so you know i think i think you know you know the short-term plan that's 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 where we're going to be at at the end of the year i think let's see in parallel how the market evolves um, we're keeping our eye on, you know, any sort of location that has a good imbalance between supply and demand of courts and of people. Like I said, you know, when we, when we first embarked on this, we had six, seven, eight situations. Three have now been sort of concretized, um, but we still have two or three that are in a limbo. And, and by the way, what is interesting is that, you know, in 12 months, a lot can change, right? So if today we have an agreement with a guy in, uh, in Milan, and you know, if he doesn't, if, if if this operator doesn't get the permit within the next eighteen months, then in eighteen months, maybe the situation is going to be a lot different, um, a lot less attractive. So you get that a lot. I will say that our intent is to definitely, you know, keep expanding. What I will say is that, and I think we've decided that internally, if we ever do um, decide to do more in Italy, it's likely not going to be from ground up, right? Just because the the the, the time, the effort, and Many times the issues that can arise can almost impede it from actually being finalized. So I will say that that's something that we now know. Um, that's not to say that we're not happy because we are with the situation that we have. They're 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 really great and probably wouldn't have been able to be possible if if they if they'd been you know if they'd been different if they if they hadn't been from the ground up. Um, but we definitely want to be a key player, especially in the in the in in every single city that we're in. Uh, we want to be the reference point, and I think you know we're building to do, to be that. I think it's just it's just much more in our mindset to do one thing at a time than sort of and do everything well than go and sort of you know attack attack ten things at once and see how it goes. 
it's a bit of a sort of brick by brick situation. And, uh, and we always like to do things that way. That helps. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, it makes sense. Absolutely. So last thing I want to say is that definitely the invitation is is alive. So um, if uh, if ever you're in the UK, just let me know and do bring better racket with you as well, because we're going to have a game. For, for sure. I'd, I'd love that. I'll definitely let you know. <laughs> and obviously, obviously, the same situation and the same invitation is uh, is likewise for you in Italy. If you Perfect. come during the summer, we'll play. <laughs> Francesca I really really appreciate it thank you very much and uh yeah it's um it was a pleasure and I just wish you and Pedal here all the best thanks so much Dennis really appreciate really appreciate it and thanks for having me